You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So this evening, I want us to be able to get just something uh, that I also got into my meditation from what we learned on Sunday. Let's go to our text, Romans 10, and we'll read from verse 11 to 17. So it says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Praise the Lord. Okay. So it says from 14, I just gone, or or rather 13, it says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay? And then 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to bring out something very simple, but I think is important from, you know, what what I see here. Notice what this passage is saying. When you see the word believe, 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 believe here you would note that it's saying believe on him. Because, you know, a few weeks ago, we were looking at love, if you remember. And we're saying that love is directional. So you can't just say, I love. What do you love? Praise the Lord. You see, it's only God that is in the category that when you say God is love, we know what we are talking about, okay? But when you say uh, brother so has a lot of love, or sister so has a lot of love. It depends on what he or she is loving. Praise the Lord. So there are many words like that that if we get what we are learning today, whenever you hear them, try and define what the object is. So when we say believe, notice that the scripture was you know, careful to make us know what it wanted us to believe. What did he want us to believe from this text? He wanted us to believe in somebody Praise the Lord. He wanted us to believe on him, on Christ, or in Christ. That's what it was. Not just believe. You see, when he said, do you believe? Like, that gave us that illustration. He said, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe. He said, what do you believe? He said, the whole Bible. He said, which part of the Bible? He said, I believe everything. Praise the Lord. So there are many like that. Are you a believer? I said, I'm a believer. Believer in what? The passage you read says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Why? Because 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling on the name of the Lord for salvation 
is a function of me believing that he can save me and that he's my savior or that he's a savior. Okay? And then he went on to say, how shall they call on him if they have not believed on him? So the calling is a function of my belief, my expectation that he is what? A savior. The calling or the looking to him or the praying is a function of my faith that he's my healer. The calling on him or looking to him is a function of my confidence that he's a provider. Praise the Lord. So that's what we are told here in verse 14. It says, how shall they call on him for this salvation in whom they have not believed? So the function of preaching, we've said it here several ways, is to preach so that men will believe in God, believe in Christ. Because when you believe in him, then you can call on him. And then when you call on him, you will be saved. Praise the Lord. However, you and I can go through life and our Christian journey and be believing in a lot of things. Believing things that we believe but are not what we are to believe in. Praise God. You see, verse 17 says, So then, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what we are to believe has a definition. It has where it is. We are to believe Christ. We are to believe the word of God. We are to believe what the word of God says concerning Christ, concerning us, concerning his word, concerning everything. Are we clear? That's what we are to believe. So that teaching us on Sunday said faith is based on knowledge. So my faith can be, you know, measured or can even be, they can say what I believe based on what I know. And then it's also as strong as what, how much I know what I know. Let me give you a simple illustration now. A stick, or uh, uh, when we were younger, there's this thing that they used to, that uh, Bruce Lee, you know, what's that thing called again? That thing that had two sticks and a chain. You know, how many of us remember it? Two bars and a chain in between. Now, if I gave it to any of us, since you don't even remember the name, to use as a weapon to defend yourself, you know what you do? You will hurt yourself. You know why? Because even though it's a weapon, you don't know it enough. But somebody who knows it enough, handles the same thing, can use it and practically you know, disarm and have advantage over someone who is armed with a knife, a machete, or possibly a gun. Why? Because what's the difference? It's the same item, but one person knows it. The other person just has it. Faith is a function of what you know and how much of what you know that you know. That's why you and I, many of us here, are still afraid of native doctors. We are still afraid of demons. If a neighbor threatens you, I go show you. I go go Ijebu for you. Then you won't be able to sleep. Why? Because he or she knows his or her Ijebu, praise the Lord, you know, or, or Kija or whatever. They believe in that more than you believe in your God, who is the head of all principalities and powers. If somebody said that to you and you knew who your God was, you should run after the person and say, please, sorry, don't go and kill yourself. I forgive you. But if you don't know who you believe and the person knows what he believes, he will put you under panic. Is somebody getting what we're talking about? So he said faith is a function 
of knowledge. And, you know, it was so important for me that we dealt with that. So it says faith stands, you know, the way I put, I wrote it down here. It says faith stands on knowledge, on the knowledge of God and his word. Another thing that taught us on Sunday is that in the spiritual, there is no position that is static. You're either going up or you're what? Going down. You can't be the same way yesterday, today. You have to be either growing or what? You know, depleting. That's the way it functions. Because life is coming at you. There is no static point. You don't park on this road. You're either going up. So, it's essential that my faith grows. It's essential that our faith grows as a people. Praise the Lord. And we are seeing that this faith must stand on knowledge. Okay? Now, I see something which I want us to begin to understand also. That just like we learned love can go in different directions, faith also can go in different directions. And just to make it clear, when we say God is love, we understand it. But you see, when you say somebody's love, you know, has love, a person can love fame. And the way he or she loves fame can drive him to do a lot of things that you would almost think he loves God. Praise God. You see? A person can love, let, let me try and get a, an illustration that captures it for us. A person can love respect in such a way that he or she will carry himself that you will think he actually is so much into purity and holiness. No, it's just self-love. He doesn't want anybody to insult him. Now, it doesn't mean that you should want people to insult you. But your concern can be, let these people not insult me here. But the danger of that is that that love can keep you from certain things. But the things that you're sure that nobody will know, is someone with me, it will not keep you from it. It's still talking about love. So all these, you know, things, love, faith, you know, belief, we have to narrow down to which one is it that we should keep our focus on. Because you can get into one and it will carry you, but it, because it's not the ideal it's not the one that is originating from God. You can be in a place where you are thinking, about, like the Bible says, let him that thinketh he stands, what? Take heed lest the word, lest the falls. I'm going to give you an illustration so you get this. When we say somebody loves money, you, you immediately understand that, right? Um, it was at Sunday school that we were learning about um, covetousness and, you know, and all of that. And there was this question, what's the defining line between contentment, you know, ambition and you know just being lazy and not wanting to go forward and those are lines that you begin to see when you understand what does the person love a person who loves money ideally should work hard isn't it okay so that he can make more money but because his love is for money when there's an opportunity to make more money without working harder what is he going to do he's going to make more money and possibly cheat on other people now, but someone who loves God, okay, who came to church or has been coming to church and sees that his church, his father's house, has a need, can also fall down on his knees and trust God and go out on Monday and work hard and push so that what will happen? He can make money and make sure that this announcement stops in the church. Two of them are going for money. But one is going out of his love for God. The other is going out of his love for what? For money itself. Now, the one who is going for it because of his love for God, when they show him money and he needs to compromise, 
will turn his back and say, this is not the type of money I want. Are, are we getting it now? It's all love. And all that love is compelling, is pushing. Now, some of us are okay with, you know, we, we just want to feel, we just want to know that we are better than the, you know, the rest. And what that does is this. It doesn't allow you to aspire to the height that God has, you know, prepared for you. Remember in the parable of the talents, some people were giving one, right? Some people were giving five, some people were giving ten. If your love is just to know that you're better than every person, you come into an environment and you know you're the smartest or whatever, the most, uh, you know, worded or, you know, the way we call it here, you can just relax. But you may be a ten-talented brother. And you're comparing yourself with a one-talented fellowship. What will happen to you is that at the end of the day, you'll be disappointed. Because God will tell you, ah, this is the capacity I gave to you. So you look at everybody that all praying five, five minutes, but you pray four hours. And you think you've arrived. But God is even calling you to a higher dimension. But if you're somebody who just wants to check. Do you remember those people in school? There is not enough for them to know their score. They want to know what everybody's called. Even if they had 40, once every other person scored 10, they're okay. Their goal is not to pass. Their goal is to be better than some people. Am I the only person that knows people like that? You know? So if something bad happens to them, they just want to know, did it happen to everybody? Once it happens to everybody, they are fine with it. Okay? It's a passion. It's just a passion to be on top. It doesn't matter where they're on top. And that's the sickness with the, the, a lot of leaders in Nigeria. They just want to be orgas. It doesn't matter that the people that orgas are about are eating from the dustbin. That's why many years ago, remember one of our leaders told us that telephone is not for the poor. How can I have phone and you have phone? So the problem was not a problem to him because he was thinking if we do it the way they are saying it now, everybody will just have phone. What will now be the difference between me and them? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So just to see the way it is, you know, love can go in different directions. We must make sure that our love, like we learned on Sunday, is love for God and love for what? Our neighbors. If we miss that, we can be loving and we can be progressing. That also told us about the man, at least this is not fiction, the man that the wife found um, his uh, power base. You know, in the pocket, the preacher. That's a preacher. Now, I want to ask you, what will make a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ go to a native doctor to get power so that when he robs the thing, people will be falling under anointing? I want you to answer me. Why would a man who has access to God do such a thing? Sorry? No, it's love. It's love for fame. Love for fame, love for popularity. It's the same love. Love gone wrong. Do you understand? It's love because... Maybe ordinarily, he's just somebody that when you come and listen to him, you know, nobody's falling. And then, ah, he asks Brother So, where are you? They say Brother So has gone to uh, overcoming evangelical movement. Where, when the pastor preaches, everybody's falling. And he'll wonder, I'll be small picking. He will go and inquire. They say that man went somewhere. He'll go to the same place and get his own power. What was he pursuing? It's love. Do you understand? And he pushed him in that direction. So I want you to see, because we are going somewhere with all of this. Amen? We are going somewhere. So you get it. So that my love will be for God and for what? My neighbors. It's a definition. It's going to bring some things in and it's going to knock some things out. Let me give you a practical one that will shock you. How many of us know Ahithophel? Okay? Ahithophel was the man that the Bible says his cancer was like the cancer 
that one inquired of the gods, right? Okay, now, do you know Ahithophel committed suicide? Okay, so you know why he committed suicide? Second Samuel 17, 23, Bible study. Let me tell you why he committed suicide. He committed suicide because Ahithophel's counsel was never rejected. So when he was disrespected, he couldn't bear it. He said, Ahithophel is better dead than being alive. They will listen to him. They hold him and take the counsel of small boy. So he committed suicide. He didn't steal. He was a good man. But his love for Ahithophel, his pride, nothing bad. But just, can you see how this thing is working? Just because of that. Now imagine if that love was not for Ahithophel, but for God. And then it happened like that. He went to God and said, God, what happened? Did I disobey you? What would God now say to him? God will tell him, your counsel was against my purpose. I seen it now. And he will what? Come back and know, okay, when my counsel is against the purposes of God, it is actually better they don't take it. God would have taught him that if they took your counsel, they would have killed David. And David is the one I've chosen that my son will come through. How would he have been to Ahithophel? He would have been glorious. But for him to do that, his love for God must have been superior to his love for his self-respect and pride. Praise the Lord. I'm laying all this foundation to go to faith. Now, in Mark eleven twenty-two, after our Lord Jesus Christ had caused the fig tree and the disciples had come and sit in the fig tree, dried up from his roots. They were surprised and they were wondering what happened. And then Jesus made that statement, which we all know. He says what? Have faith in God. Brethren, it's important that we understand that that passage, that word, in God there makes the difference. Just the same way, you know, the illustration that gave. Where you say, do you believe? You know, there are lots of people that have faith. But their faith is not in God. And as you and I are here, I'm sure you have faith in God for you to be here. But I want you to get to the point where your faith in God is laser focused. That means your faith in God is so focused that it's only in God that your faith is in. You know why? When you achieve that, you'll be free from disappointments. You cannot fail. It will be impossible. Let me jump myself because I may not come to it. Habakkuk chapter 3 is a passage we read to encourage ourselves several times. Habakkuk chapter 3 from 17, 18, and 19. Habakkuk had told, you know, about all kinds of things that were happening. And he came to this conclusion. And this is what Habakkuk said. Let's read together. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. It says, yet I will do what? Rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Now, hold on. Go back to 17 now. This is a man living in an agrarian economy, okay? What he was picturing for us here was a complete failure of economics. Everything failed. The fig tree is not bringing, the vines are not bringing fruit, the olive is not bringing anything, the flocks are not bringing anything, okay? 
what do we see here? Every possible means of prosperity, of well-being, of sustenance has gone, isn't it? And then he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. What's going on here? Let me tell you what the scripture is showing to us here. You know, we say this to encourage ourselves. But if you don't understand, it won't encourage you. You know why? Habakkuk was saying, my faith is not in the vine. So vine, I permit you to fail. My faith will not move. My faith is not in the flock. So even if the flock isn't bringing forth any young, my faith will not be moved. My faith is not in the olive. All these things, God had used them, but they are not God to me. My faith had always been in God. Now, since God has not changed, God has not written to me and told me, Mr. Koku, I withdraw from your case. Why should I now withdraw from God? Because the means have been taken away. When that happens, I testify that my faith had not been totally in God. Hello? You see? Ah, Holy Spirit, help us. Have faith in God. Faith stands on knowledge. Faith stands on the knowledge of God. Faith stands on the knowledge of his word. The mistake we've made over time is that we think that faith is a function of distress or pressure or need. When you have need, any solution will suffice. Okay? When the beginning of my faith is my problem, it will be difficult for me to have this faith in God that I'm talking about. Because what I have is a problem. What my mind is in is solution to my problem. That's how come a Christian, trusting God for the fruit of the womb, if after some time your God doesn't do it quickly, people will pressure you. Sister, let's go somewhere. Sister, I know a man that if you go nine months, Baby will come. Now, what is happening there? If sister's faith was in God, she will not move. But if her faith was a function of her problem, that's it. She's going. Because what she wants is her problem solved. Sars and mass. Have faith in God is simply saying, let God be all that you look for. Problems, distresses, needs, all of that. They are there. God will solve them. At his time, in his way, however he wants to solve it. But never will it be an option that I turn from this God to any other thing because I want my problem to be solved. That's why we started dealing with love. Because you see, that was teaching something on Sunday where it says, how is love the greatest, the two greatest commandments, love for God and love for Him? How is love for God manifested? Is in worship, is in honor, is in obedience, isn't it? Do you know what it means? You know, that God is my God. God is my God. And then you're thinking, how can God see me, his own, going to another place to bow because I want a problem to be solved? Are we getting what we're talking about here? So, even though in that Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said, have faith in God. And then he went on to say, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. That's what brings the confusion. But remember, he said, have faith in God. So, the mountain I'm speaking to to move 
and speaking to that mountain that God will move the mountain for me. So I'm speaking to mountain move, you know, in the confidence that my God will, wants it to move and my God will do what? Move it. The God that I serve, if he doesn't deem it fit to move, because the Bible says the scriptures cannot be broken. So it says, and we know that whatever we ask according to his will, he what? He hears us. And if he hears us, we have a petition granted. Okay? So if I speak and my God approves, what will he do? He will move the mountain. But never will the movement of that mountain become bigger than my standing in righteousness before God. Hello. You see? Brethren, where we're looking at this is this. The enemy of our souls, Satan, has brought idolatry to the church now, and we don't know it. The level of idolatry that is operating amongst Christians now is so high, but we're not sensitive to it. I trust the Holy Spirit will help us to do it. You know, in the Old Testament, God, you know, dealt to the people by man, okay? So, at every point in time, there was a pro- it was Moses... In fact, God said to even Moses, no, he said to Aaron, Aaron, Moses will be as God to you. And then Aaron will be as God to Pharaoh. God always had men stand on his behalf before men. Okay? Now, at a time, even in that Old Testament, God wanted to interact with his people directly. You know, I will just read this just for clarity. Okay, God wanted to interact with his people directly. But this is what they said, Exodus 20, 19. They said, God, please, don't speak to us. Don't speak to us. He said, Moses, you what? Speak to us, we will hear. But let God not speak to us. We go die. That's what they said. They didn't want that direct relationship. Now, in the Old Testament, God always dealt with his people through intermediaries. Now, brothers and sisters... In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. I want us to read it and read it carefully. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us, how? By his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. God in the past was speaking to his people by the prophet. But now, he's not speaking to you by any prophet. You don't need any prophetic declaration over you. That has become an idol. And it's selling. Faith in God has shifted to faith in men. It's not in the New Testament. And the only person who is enjoying that is the devil. You know why? Because God has said it here. He says, has in these last days. Do you know the only job of the teacher or the prophet or whatever I call him in this time? Is to teach you the knowledge of God so that your faith can grow. You see, a dad that came, eh? If dad was one of prophetic declaration, when he's coming, we will have overflow to the whole jahi. Everybody just, amen, amen, amen. That amen is what our fathers did when they went to the shrine those days. And the priest will come out and tell them, this is what, you know, Ifa uh, or Kija, this is what he said. And they're all shouting amen. Now, God is living inside of you. God is living inside of you. God is living inside of you. God expects that you will know his will, trust in his will, and he will walk with you. Your faith should be in God and God alone. 
That's what he wants. He says, has in these last days. It was so important that our Lord Jesus, after his resurrection, said to the disciples, don't go anywhere. Tarry until what? Your engine will part from on high. The Holy Spirit is going to come. So now, Jesus was with Peter and the rest of them. And he was guiding them side by side. At that time, there were no prophets. John the Baptist was the last of the prophets. Jesus came and did the work and became the mediator. Okay. When he was leaving, he said to them, It is my expedient for you that I go. You know why? Now, the one who will be guiding you will no longer be by your side. He will be with you and he will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, faith at this dimension, brothers and sisters, it's a function of confident reliance on the God, you know, who did not withhold his only son, but gave him up for you. So that God loves you. You know, the next thing you now need to know, you need to know what is his will for me in this situation. You know why? The man who is speaking, whatever he's speaking over you, he doesn't know your last discussion with God. You know, I, I see some things, I want to ignore them, but it's painful. How can you be prophesying on Facebook? It must be, you know, from an idolater to an idolater. God is directing you. So even ordinary GPS, if you want to find direction to a place, the first thing it wants to know is your current location. You cannot give direction to a place for 700 different people in 700 different locations. And they need to be one direction. Some person, the prophecy you should need is, pack out of that house. That man is somebody's husband. But nobody prophesies that. Your month of great increase. Somebody should be their month of restitution. Like Zacchaeus. It should be the month where they take everything they stole. And then refer to those they stole it from. But everybody, your prophesy, where does it come from? But the thing there is this. God is saying to me, is saying to us, it says, faith, if you know me, hold on to me. It says, behold, I come. Don't let anything distract you. Praise the Lord. Don't let anything, what? Distract you. When you have put that faith in him, the fig tree is not blossoming. Don't let him move you. They say somebody is cursing you. Don't let him move you. Do you understand? They say this one has them. Don't let him move you. Don't wait on any other thing. What we are waiting for has already happened. Christ has risen. And because he's risen, we know now that all things are working together for what? To those who love God and are called according to his word. Purpose. Now, the love that I have for God or the love that they say I have for God is a journey on its own. That's why you come to church. That's why you come. So that you can grow in that love. That was telling us about the connection between the faith, love, and power. As you grow in that love, brethren, it will be impossible for power not to be released to you. Commensurate with your growth in love. Jesus has you, sister. Has you, my brother. Jesus has you as his witness. Do you know that? God is expecting that the knowledge of him will come to a people because of your testimony. Do you know that? So he's interested in the outcome of your life. He's interested in your witness. However, having that interest also, he cannot display a product that is not mature. He can't display a product that is not together. That's why he says, let patience have its perfect work. That it might be complete, lacking nothing. 
So there are things you're going through, sir, brother, sister, that might seem as if it doesn't make sense. And if your faith were not in God, you will go to other means. You know, I, I take permission. I wanted to talk to Pastor Kim first. But you see, I, I mentioned it here. Let me tell you what Pastor Kim did that gave me a lot of respect for him. I'd always had respect for him. Pastor Kim, when, you know, Pastor Kim, for those who don't know, one of our pastors here, you know, was diagnosed with, a, um, is it pancreatic cancer? Uh, one of them, you know, serious. It was got to the stage where, the, you know, the doctors there were almost telling him, you know, no hope and all of that. But Pastor King was sharing with me. He said that God had told him, I have healed you. Okay? And he just received the healing. And if you spoke with him during that time, you know that he was unfazed. You know, I could, I, you speak with him, he was unfazed. Even when he sent the pictures of some of the procedures, he would look weak and all of that. But you speak with him, you know that this man is unfazed by what he's going through. Now, he said that one of the times, the in-law who he was staying with, when they went to church, had told the pastor about this situation. So the pastor called him to pray for him. He sent them to tell the pastor that he doesn't need him to pray, that God has already healed him. That's a man that has faith in what? When you're running from one ATM to another to collect money, it means that you haven't collected from any before. The problem is your password is not working. Because if it worked here, you won't go to the other one. Are you hearing me? I cannot because when I knew that my father speaks with me, I can't be collected. Amen. 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 It, when the Bible says an undouble-minded man is unstable, what does double-mindedness mean? It can come from here. And then some will explain. You don't know where it's going to come from. Maybe it's at uh, you know, Shiloh. Or maybe it's at uh, Jerusalem. Maybe it's at Zion even. You don't know. You're just good. You don't know. You don't know. That's it. Because when you know, it said, those who know their God, that shall be what? Strong and carry out grace. There is a peace. There is a strength. There is a quietness. So we created a market. It breaks my heart. You know, each time I see some people I know, they're entering into, and then you see them, they're straining. They say, Yakababa. I said, this is not New Testament. Where are you finding this from? This is not helping anybody. But you know what? Those who they are issue is not faith they have need they have the, what they're looking for you know what that keeps doing it just keeps shifting them they just we tell them today today then tomorrow they go tell them today 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 and i just move it they're not scripture it's not based on knowledge it's not based on the word of god no it's not it's not please if you find correction send me a text i know i was trying to find the prayers that the apostles and the prophets prayed for the church in the New Testament. What were the kind of momchi were telling us to read some prayers, right? What are some of them? That the Lord of God may give to you the spirit of revelation in the knowledge. Did Paul give prophetic blessing? Where are these people coming from? And then you that should know better, you're running. Once you go there, the enemy knows this one has no faith. They put your name in the list. So that's how they'll be dribbling you. After some time, they can allow you. You just have, you know, one... Uh, experience that will shake your body like this you now think it's close and then you're running around that the lord may give to you the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of when that spirit of revelation comes your faith will be solid then you can say like habakkuk though i'm still feeling the pain though the bank hasn't done this though this and this hasn't happened yet i will rejoice why because your faith is now in god otherwise you're driven by problems 
That's why you cannot, you know, do church without telling people the problems. Delayed visa. Near success syndrome. That's advertisement for this Jesus. Near success syndrome. In-law wahala. Uh, uh, proposed and not married. Then people are running to. People who have faith in God. Your faith is not in God. Your faith is in problem. That's it. And, you know, that says something on Sunday. They said the love of God is not a love of passion. You can be passionate about your problem. If it's not based on revelation, nothing happens. Two blind men met Jesus. Lord, Lord, have mercy. He didn't cry with them. He said to them, warning, he said, what, what do you want me to do? They could have answered, you know they see. Are you blind with us? Eh? Are you blind with us? <laughs> Can't you see I'm crying? And God will say, I don't see Christ. I don't see tears. Do you understand? In another case, you know what I once said? He said, do you have faith that I'm able to do this? It's not the size of your problem. It's the size of your faith. Some people are moved by what I'm going through. What I'm going through Christianity. Ah, no, have faith in God. That's New Testament. He said, no, the people are missing it. Because if you're at that level, you will just be confused. Do you know what it means to sit down and know that you know that you know that God is for you? Do you know what it means? To know that the Bible says, with his stripes, I am healed. God is my healer. Now, what is the position of the pastor, the elders? No, the Bible says, anyone amongst you, it says, send forth. So they will do their work. But when you and I sit down and search the scriptures, you will see that God, his faithfulness, he wants to speak into your heart so that you will know that you know that you know that he is for you amongst those that help you. That's where faith is. Praise the Lord. That's where faith is. So in the Old Testament, there were people, you know, God will send this, God will send this, all of that. But in the New, he sends people to bring illumination. When Jesus came, he became light. Now what happens is that as you relate with God, illumination comes. And when illumination comes, you say, oh, this is what the word of God says. When you see what the word of God says, it becomes a foundation for you. You can stand on it. Then you can stand immovable. You can stand unshakable. So it takes five years. You're not moving. It takes 15 years. You're not moving. You know why? Because you have come to believe the love that God has for you. You don't believe that God loves another person. Listen, do you imagine that there's any person in this world God loves more than you? No. God loves you extremely, especially with all his love. You, each of us here, individually. Praise God. Oh yes, there's nobody in this world. It doesn't matter how you may look at him or her that God loves more than you. No, 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 no. No, there's nobody. God loves you especially. God loves you extravagantly. God loves you beyond what you can bear. Now, faith in that will lead you into the premium enjoyment of God in your life. Brethren, if Joseph for one day thought, my brothers are in their father's house, or in my father's house, enjoy it. And then me, I'm here doing houseboy. You think he would get to the height where he got to? No. It would have been impossible because his foundation would have been destroyed. And the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous? It's a foundation. It's a foundation, sir. 
And you know, we can teach you and you think you have a faulty foundation. That's why people will come. Somebody was speaking to me some time ago. And he said that he feels that, you know, somebody, different people have been telling that they need to go to their father's house. That before the father died, that he got into some things. You know, they had been broke for some time. So I said, at what time did this father bury this thing? Because there was money before. Do you understand? At what time? How can you give power to some things that make no sense? No, you just need to know the word of God. And this is a place where somebody hasn't forgiven somebody he should forgive. And then you're saying they bury something. What they buried is unforgiveness. If you're listening to me here, that's what genuine faith does. Because when they said, believe on Romans 10 that we started from. How shall they call on him on whom they have not what? Believed. When you believe in Jesus, do you know what it means to believe in somebody? Let me tell you what it means to believe in somebody. If I believe, Pastor Chris, please come. You know, you remember those days you're growing up. Maybe Pastor Chris is, um, what type of music will Pastor Chris know? Uh, jazz. So, Spyro Gyra. If I became a follower of Pastor Chris's music, you know what will automatically happen? When I go to market to buy clothes, what color do you think I'll buy? I'll buy the color he's wearing on the album. How many of us did that? I will grow beard like him. I will wear the type of glasses he's wearing. Why? Because I've come to believe in him. When you believe on Jesus, you will want to love like he loved. You want to give like he gave. You want to humble yourself like he humbled yourself. In that, your faith is maturing. Because what the devil trembles at is the appearance of Jesus. So when you appear in a situation, Jesus is in heaven. But they see another Jesus. Who is that responding to this difficulty like Jesus? You remind them about Jesus, they'll run away. Are we getting what it is? That's what genuine faith in God. That's how come you can see people who are going to church seven times a week and are wicked. They don't believe in God. They don't have faith in God. What they have faith is in prophetic declarations. You know what? I can prophetically declare on you and on your wickedness. And your wickedness will be in your pocket or moved. But when the word of God is open to you, you have to be transformed. And that's why people don't like this New Testament one. They are like the Old Testament people. Just prophesy to us. So nobody's telling you about your employees you're not paying. Nobody's telling you about the people you're cheating. Nobody's telling you about the fornication you're committing. They just prophesy to you, marry, and not, take it. Your faith is not in God. Because when your faith is in God, Haba, you will look into the mirror. Eddie Kintobe was talking about things changing in prayer. When you go to, how many of us married? You've gone to pray to God, your wife, your husband, and all of that. And God told you, your wife is not a problem. That's when you go to God. If you go to a native doctor to complain about your spouse, huh, they will tell you, ah, ha, 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 ha. Do you remember when she traveled to Ibadan? He said, yes, I remember. He said, when she went, they gave her something. With that thing, the plan is that in the next 70 years, you die. This is the first stage of the attack on you. Meanwhile, you're the one that is wrong. The devil can never tell a truth. He's the father of life. So he will compound and compound and compound. You'll come out from there, you know, hating your in-laws, hating the person, hating everybody, fighting everybody. But the only problem that is you, because they cannot tell truth, they haven't told you that. Because your faith is not in God. Let's rise on our faith. Praise the Lord. People of God, do you know that the Lord said to me, 
The only place I could remember in the New Testament where they made prophetic declaration, you know, that I know. Are you, if you find, please help me also. Was Third John 2. Can you hear me? Third John 2 was the only place I, I could, you know, remember. What did Third John 2? John said, Beloved, King James to say I wish. New King James to say I pray. Beloved, I pray that you may what? Prosper in all things and be in health. How? That's the prophetic declaration. And he didn't say, I, John. Professor, can you see the humility? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. You know why? Because in the New Testament, God is not in heaven alone. God is here with us. When I was growing up, when my father travels, maybe the oldest brother can function like father. He can speak with that authority. But when daddy is in the house, he can't speak anyhow. It's the same thing. In the New Testament, Jesus is with you. So how can I stand on the altar and be speaking to you as though there is another Jesus? The Jesus I have is the Jesus you have. So John says, beloved, I pray above, above all things that you prosper. Can you see? He's not speaking to juniors. When you log on and you're expecting a man who has gone to heaven to speak to you who on earth, you need to be born again. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It's scripture. Because the danger of that is that your faith will be shifted from God. And you miss the peace. You miss the rest. You miss the fellowship. You miss the perfection. Child of God, left to God, the Bible says it's the Father's good pleasure to do To give you an eye the kingdom. But you know what? God, beyond every need you have, God knows a need you have, that I have, that he knows that if it's satisfied, we'll be happier. You know what I need is? That we may be conformed to the image of Christ. So God in his wisdom is using everything around me to solve that need first. That's why Jesus will say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these other things. Almost God has a way, sir, of bringing things to you when you don't need it again. So when you cannot enter car and drive anywhere, they give you a car that can drive anywhere. But they've perfected the image of Christ. But when you are saying, oh Lord, do this for me. They know that if they give it to you to be a distraction, the prosperity of fools will destroy them. Have faith in God. Keep your focus on him. And when that happens, child of God, the enemy, those little, little things that he uses to depress, how can I be depressed when my goal is God? When my boast is God? When my confidence is God? That's how come Joseph could be in prison. And like we learned last morning, Joseph was in prison, but he had the mindset of a prime minister. He wasn't thinking like a prisoner. He was brigade of guards. Brigade of guards is what your guard does, right? Joseph was doing inspection of brigade of guards in prison. That's what he was doing when he saw the Pharaoh's servants. He was a prisoner. But every morning when he wakes up in prison, this is how Joseph used to walk around in prison. He was a prisoner. But because he knew that God was with him, in every situation, he was never called. He was moving around in prison. Hello. Did you sleep well? What's that frown on your face? Why? Because he had settled it with God. That the dream God gave him, God will bring it to pass. Tonight, I want you to bring your faith out of situations. 
So that no matter what you have heard, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're experiencing, you will know that God is faithful. He does not fail. He has not failed. Lift up your faith today. Bring it from everywhere you put it. What somebody told you, how they told you that if this happens, uh, this is step one. When your uncle becomes the director, when your friend becomes the minister, when this and that happens, that will happen. Pull your faith out of that and bring it to where you put it in God. God, you are my God. That is the prayer I just brought for us today. Oh Lord, you are my God. The psalmist said in Psalm 63, that first line. Oh God, Psalm 63 verse 1. It says, oh God, you are my God. That is, that God is not my brother's God. He's not my pastor's God. He is my God. He is your God. Oh God, you are my God. There is no intermediary. I don't need the vines. All I need is you. I don't need my friend in power. All I need is you. I don't even need the doctor to give me a guru. Lord, I hold on to my God who gives songs in the night. In the night is not when I should sing. But because God is my God, I can sing in the night. Because God is Paul and Silas's God, they could sing in the prison. Why? Because God is their God. Comfort was not their God. Being free was not their God. Everywhere these men were, they reigned with a consciousness that you and I must get into in this season. So first subsidy remover, I don't have food to eat. My belly being full is not my God. My comfort is not my God. Having friends is not my God. Being married is not my God. Having children is not my God. Having popularity is not my God. God is my God and God does not travel. So I can have joy now. God does not faint. So I can have joy now. God does not disappear. So I can have joy now. Oh God, you are my God. <laughs> you are my God. You are my God. You are my money. You can break it down. You are my healer. You are my everything. Everything that there is. You are my achievement. Somebody, they know they speak to you. What have you achieved? This have later part. You're going to achieve this and that. No, God is my achievement. I achieved it since he came into my life. And every day with Jesus is going to just get sweeter because he is my God. I'm not looking for something to happen so that I can say, ah, God did it. No, God has done it for me and he's doing it for me. Every day that I wake up, I will lift up my voice and bless the Lord my God and I will bless my maker. I will raise the voice of thanksgiving and extol him who goes by the name Jah. He is dependable, he's reliable. And as I hold on to him, I know he's turning everything around. Unchanging Lord. Oh God, you are my God. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we extol you. Glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. You've been 
listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.